Good morning. Listen to Mark and the Interpol when you get to work with the free KSLX app. 100.7 KSLX. Now, uh, we talked a lot about Rush yesterday, and we won't spend the entire morning on it today. But uh, Still a big story, though. A lot of people, I mean, you were still seeing celebrities that are that are recounting their anecdotes, having met Neil Peart and some who haven't. Yeah, and there were just so many great stories of how people discovered Rush and so forth. And we yeah. still kept getting things of people who had, uh, I, I can't even say encounters with Neil Peart because... He was like a unicorn, uh, not very often seen. Very reclusive. Yeah. Very hard to find, very hard to make contact with. But this guy had, you know, kind of a half encounter with Neil Peart, and he has something to show for it. My father lived in Nevada, okay, and he built a couple custom homes, and they followed a band in Nevada that was called Phoenix, and the drummer was really good friends with Neil Peart. So my dad knew that I was a huge fan, and he actually met Neil Peart, um, and my dad's not really a music guy. He just built a couple homes. So he asked Neil Peart, to sign a drum head for me. He signed a drum head out to Kevin, and my name is Keith. <laughs> and my dad goes, no, my son's name's actually Keith. You know, to have him, Neil per actually had signed two of them, and I actually have it mounted in my house. Very cool. Um, with the sticks, it was a Snake's Narrow tour. No, that's nice. very cool stuff right yeah, that, there. That's good, you know, right. and, and here's the thing. <clears throat> Even if you were, if you had uh, a certain level of fame, Knowing Neil Peart wasn't enough to get you, wasn't enough to get you something signed. This is, this is an even better. This story. is a great story. Yesterday we had uh, a friend of the show, David Allison, who is the bass player for the for the heavy metal band Megadeth. He called in and told us a story about how their drummer Nick Menza, who's also no longer with us, got shined by Neil Peart. Sort of. Our drummer Nick Menza, um, you know, Nick was very in the know with with people, and so he goes out to the to the Rush show out at now Action Pavilion, right back then, I guess Desert Sky. And so he goes out, brings a drum head. So I'm going to get Neil to sign my drum head. He's all excited. You know, this is obviously his hero. He goes out. Neil doesn't meet him. And he, 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 he word gets back, hey, you know, the guy from Megadeth is here and would love to meet you or get something signed. So sort of like, you know, the door opens. It goes into a, a dressing room. No faces are seen. And out comes the drum head, says, dear Nick, have a mega life. So it was cool, yet Nick kind of felt def- a little deflated, like, did I just get dissed? Like, I'm in Megadeth, and he says, "Have a mega life," and, right. and you know, he he didn't really know how to read that, and it was it was it was very you know Neil, this very private, almost cryptic you know kind of personality that he had. Really, I think until we saw that that movie. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing about Neil Peart. He was he was he never did meet and greets and stuff like that. When you meet the band before a show and stuff, it was always Alex and Getty. And oh yeah, Neil won't be here. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. So the guy who's the drummer in a multi-million album selling band, even he can't get back to meet Neil Peart. And they're, they're colleagues, yeah. right? They're both yeah. drummers. They share that very major interest, but no. Yeah. Man, how quickly things can change. In what way? Well, you would figure if you were a manager of a baseball team that won the World Series just two years ago. Are we doing sports talk again? You know, this is pretty interesting, though, because everybody can relate to 
you know, somebody who gets caught cheating, right? I mean, everybody's, sure, everybody's yeah. curious about that. Sure. Um, so the Houston Astros won the World Series in 2017. Right. But yesterday, their manager and general manager were both fired after being suspended for a year by Major League Baseball because they found out that during the 2017 season and World Series, they had a setup going where, and if you're not a baseball fan, quick explanation, they would steal the signs. You know, the catcher kind of uses little finger signs to the pitcher. tells the pitcher what pitch to throw. Yeah. And so if you know which pitch is coming, the batter can supposedly do a lot better. Okay. If you know if it's a fastball, yeah, curveball okay, yeah. coming. It's like, it's like it's like knowing the answer to the Jeopardy question before you know because you've already heard the question. Yeah, yeah. or at least having a hint as to what it's going to be like. Sure. Um, so what they did was they set up a camera in center field mm-hmm. that would zero in between the catcher's legs so they could see what signs he was flashing, and they put a monitor right in the dugout, and they would get which pitch it was going to be. In. The Red Sox did this, too. Yes, and yeah. this is the highly technical part of it. The way they relayed the message to the batter as to which pitch was coming is the non-technical part of it. They used a baseball bat to bang on the bottom of a garbage pail. And huh. it was like one hit for fastball, two hit for curve, whatever it might be. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, so, let me do, just just so, just so you know, uh, the punishment for this uh, by Major League Baseball is that the manager and general manager, I guess, or manager and, and I guess yeah, it's manager, manager and general, general manager. The owner, the owner didn't know about it. Those two guys did. Okay. So they've been suspended from baseball for one season. Let me just get this, just to point this out to you. Pete Rose bet on his team to win, and he's been suspended from baseball forever. Yes. Forever. He never, he never threw a game. All he did was bet on his team right. to win. And he's been banned from baseball forever. These guys actually cheated to win a World Series, and they're only being banned for a season. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that just doesn't seem like it makes any sense yeah. whatsoever. So you'd figure if you were a manager that won the World Series just two years ago, you'd probably be set for at least the next ten years. You'd still be you a hot so, property yeah. of yeah, some you sort. Would think, yeah. And now, I, you know, whether this guy ever gets a managerial yeah. job again, AJ Hinch is his name. He actually managed here for a while. Whether he gets a job again is is in question. I suppose. Well, hang on a second. We got a guy on the phone who has no problem with this. You had no. No problem with this? I don't think there's anything wrong with a coach or manager giving their players every single advantage. All right. Even if some people call it cheating. All right. Oh, okay. Well, who's this? Bill Belichick, New England Patriots. <laughs> okay. Yes. That <laughs> makes some sense then. All right. <laughs> Enough sports talk. All right. Now, Paul, you're absolutely sure it wasn't ASU that won the national championship last no, night? It was... I, I understand that it's it's LSU, and I understand because... the bilingual nature of America right now that you can make that con- confusion. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, when you win the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, don't you get into the national championship game? No, or... those are two uniquely different things. The ASU did win uh, the the Tony the Tiger yeah, Sun Bowl. Yeah, so don't, doesn't that always vault you right into the national championship no, game? No, no, no. The national championship game last night was technically the Nokia Sugar Bowl, okay. and that was LSU, I see. which is... Is technically Spanish for the state university. The state university. Yeah, yep. yeah. And in Louisiana, they're right. not really big in Spanish. They're more into right. Creole down there. True. I, yeah, I, 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 you, you know what? I should have known better because the coach on the sidelines didn't look at all like Herm Edwards, and I couldn't get right. any maroon whatsoever on the screen. Well, that's a problem with your so, TV. Is what's yeah, going yeah on that's there. what I thought. Yeah, they're cheap now. You might want to go buy one. I know. Just saying. I love this guy, though. All kidding aside, the coach of LSU. He's. Ed, a, I think he's a defensive coach. I don't think because their coach, 
I don't think he's their head coach. Is oh, he yeah, coach? he's the head coach. Head? Oh, is he really? No try, yeah. Oh, okay. His voice is phenomenal. Yeah, he's... Uh... But, uh, you know, you get emotional. You talk to your team, it's your family, just like we all talk to our family. Uh, we talk around the dinner table, we say some things that, that's outside the family, we don't say. And it was no means to hurt anybody or nothing like that. It was just a fiery moment, a very emotional moment with our team. That's all that was. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. What a voice. He's got, and he's got the accent, too. He's got the Louisiana accent. Yep, going, Cajun. Dad, yeah, so Cajun. He's uh, a little like Farmer Fran. Remember Farmer Fran? Sounds like me tug dog, yeah. What a boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh just have the defense run sprints. I give it that's what he sounds like. Oh my god. <laughs> it's a voice where it's like you know his breath smells like grits. Yeah. There's yeah. no doubt okra. about it. Okra. Okra. A lot of okra, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and Odron, who I'm sure is going to be the most popular name you hear today yes. on the news. Everybody's going to be doing it. It's like when they did, remember when Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes, the guy that's a quarterback for the, for the Kansas, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. He's he got like a great Kermit, voice. Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he's got a great voice also. <laughs> yeah, Kermit the Frog gargling rock salt is what he sounds like. I, I hear this guy talking, and I want to clear my throat for him. Let me clear my throat. Yeah. Alrighty then, so we should, with it being a two for Tuesday, we have sort of a weird timing thing because we got to get double shots in for the whole day. So now would be a good time to do the Mark and Neanderthal dumbass of the day. Yeah, and it is a two for Tuesday, but we sometimes say double shot just to mix it up here in the biz. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a business language. It's lingo. Doing. It's professional language is what we're doing there. <laughs> so double shot. We should mention that tomorrow's dumbass, um, you're going to learn a lesson tomorrow. If you say you have a medical marijuana card, you need to be able to... To produce the medical marijuana card. Oh, all right. Noted. I'm thinking many who have it probably lose it a lot. Uh, okay. Sponsored by Arrowhead Harley Davidson. We are. You can find them at Arrowhead Harley. What's up, Yoda? Dot com. <laughs> and you'll see one of these stories posted at the Mark and Deanna Paul Facebook page. So two for Tuesday always means two dumbasses. And we'll start with 41-year-old Candace Neal of West Monroe, Louisiana. We had right. to go to Louisiana because LSU's your national champs, right? Yeah, Louisiana. Yeah. Hey, brah. So uh, Candace Neal of West Monroe, Louisiana, she, she knew that police were coming over to possibly search her place for drugs because somebody was over at her place. She got tipped off? Yep. Just well, the tip, just for a second? Yes, just to see how it felt. Somebody who was at Candace's house had seen that she had meth and called the police. So Candace hid the meth inside a container. Huh. Um, sadly for Candace, the police found the meth because the container that she hid it in... Was labeled meth? Labeled <laughs> no, it was not. No, no, that would be, that would be too obvious, Paul. <laughs> it was labeled dope. Oh, okay, well. <laughs> if she could fit herself inside there, it would be perfect. No, it was not. I'm sorry. I see blocked your punchline unintentionally. I thought nobody could possibly be that stupid. It's like, hey, where do you keep your stash? It's over there in the box that's labeled stash. That's so terrible. Why didn't you just label it kitchen or other room? My God, who or, the hell does that? Or do not open. Yeah, my God. And Defi- then- definitely not drugs in this box. And then there's 26-year-old Nicholas Galsinski from Richland Township, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, back on December 16th, Nicholas didn't feel like working. So oh. instead, he opened up a nice cold yingling beer. 
and filled his coffee mug with it. Uh-huh. The problem was that Nicholas might not have felt like working, but he was indeed at work. Okay. Co-workers noticed that he was acting strange. You know, the watery eyes, the slurred speech. They alerted the higher-ups at the elementary school where <laughs> Nicholas <laughs> is a teacher's aide at. Uh, well, was a teacher's yes, aide yes, at. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Police, uh, police found three empties of Ying Ling in his backpack. Well, Yin's drinking his beers yeah. up there, yeah. Yep. He should have labeled his backpack. No beer <laughs> no in beer. here. <laughs> no beer. Definitely not, not beer. beer. <laughs> Candace and Nicholas. Wow. Boy, the jury is in. Those are two Mark and Neanderthal dumbasses of the day. I think that's a beautiful story you just told. And Epstein didn't kill himself. died this weekend. I'm sorry, say that again. I almost died this weekend. Wait, what? Yeah, true story. <laughs> what? I didn't, get to t- I didn't get a chance to tell the story yesterday because when we did story time, it was all about Neil Peart. In fact, all of yesterday's show was about Neil Peart. So we didn't really get to talk about much outside of that, but... Yeah, and, I we, almost- and we played a ton of Rush yesterday, which was great. I don't know what intersection it was at. Uh, I want to say it was at Southern and maybe Dobson Southern and Alma School. No, it wasn't Southern and Alma School. might have been Southern and... I thought you almost died. You didn't I, well, look at the street sign. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I was too busy trying to save my own life. Uh, so my friend Laura bought a 1955 Chevy Stepside pickup. I think it's like a C10 or something like that. I don't know what they call it. But this pickup truck needed some renovation. All right, you know, some remodeling, some some rest- restoration. Laura had uh, foot surgery, and she can't drive a standard slash manual transmission. Oh, especially on a 1955. Right, yeah. I and mean, that's like, that's yeah. like moving yeah. rock. Yeah. So it's it's the old school, you know, it's an old school transmission, the the, the, the manual, four on the floor, H. You know I, what can, I, mean? I H. can do it, baby. Yeah, yeah, I can do it, too. So she calls me and says, hey, can you help me pick up my truck? I go, sure, I'll go, I'll go pick up your truck. So we go to pick up her truck, and I get in, and she's behind me in, in my truck following, and she's got to be wondering why I can't drive her truck, because I can drive a standard transmission, manual transmission. You know, it's an H pattern. First gear is forward. Yeah. Second gear is right back. Then you right. go over to the right, up to third, and then down to fourth, right? <laughs> All right, well, the first gear is a granny gear, which means that it's geared so low that I think the high, the, the high speed in this truck is like maybe four miles an hour in first gear. So you got to start in so second, you basically start. You basically yeah. start in second gear. All right? So I'm, 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 I'm like, she's got to be behind me, looking at me, watching me. Basically, it looks like I'm, I'm, it looks like I'm giving some hand pleasure to this truck. I mean, my arm is flailing all about and stuff like that, trying to find, trying to find the gear. If you can't find the gear, that's what you're doing. You're pushing right. this hard. You know, you're you're searching, you're yeah. looking, you're yeah. trying to find it. Yeah, and I look like one of the Muppets, or I look like I'm giving the signal in, in Team America, World Police, right? So she's got to be wondering what the hell's going on. I get it in the gear. I drive down the street. I take a right off the side street that we're on. I think it was like first. Take a right onto a, a, a left onto Southern, and I'm driving up to a major intersection at Southern. So I downshift the truck. Okay, you know, so I get ready for because because the brakes are all. Also not power brakes. It's a 1955 yes, truck, right, right? So I'm downshifting. I'm using the engine to slow the truck down, and then I put the brake on, and I get to the to the to the red light. And I'm getting ready to put it back in gear, <clears throat> and the gear shift comes out in my hand, like like Curly from the Three Stooges. Like comes the ge- out of what? Out of the comes transmission. Out? out of the transmission housing. While I'm trying to drive, move the truck. It was out. It was out. It out. Like literally a 36 inch rod. <laughs> 
You know, the gear shift lever with the ball on the end of it? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody that's ever driven a stick shift. I, and really, the, you said that you almost died. The reason was not because you were almost in an accident, but because you were holding up traffic. I, no, so yeah. somebody would kill of, you. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I literally almost died. I'm downshifting this truck, and all of a oh sudden, I'm just, oh, I'm holding the knob in my hand, so to speak, and the, and the rod is, is just hanging down, and I'm yeah. just holding this thing, and I'm sort of flailing it. Now, at this point, Laura has passed me in my truck. She right. figures, all right, he's going too slow. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. He'll catch up to me. I know where she lives. <laughs> so I'm flailing. So now I'm stuck at this red light, and I just shut the truck off. I just, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm standing. I'm just holding this gear shift, and a guy walks up to me. Goes, hey man, you need some help? I'm like, no, nah, it's dead. I'm not going anywhere. Cars are lining up behind me. It's like 2:30 in the afternoon. Were on people a beeping at you? Oh yeah, yeah, they were pissed. Did you get out and like hold the thing up in <laughs> yes, the air? Yes, that's say, exactly what I did. Like, here's like the old, problem, folks. Like an old man with a cane. I just look back. I go, hey, it's dead. What do you want me to do? You know what I mean? That's bad. So, so finally, I call her on my cell phone, and she gets. And she goes, "Hello." I go, "Ah, uh, just so you know, I'm not going anywhere. The gear shift is in my hand." She went, "What?" I go, "The gear shift in my hand." She goes, "Well, that's what I brought it to the restoration shop to fix." I'm like, "Don't you think that would have been information I should have known beforehand?" She goes, "That's not supposed to happen." I go, "Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. I'm very well aware that the gear shift isn't supposed to come out of yeah. the truck while I'm driving it." If you had called me, I would have said the same I, thing. I, exactly. You don't know much about vehicles, no. right? You, but you would have known know that. You know that. That's not supposed to happen. So her response was, can you stick it back in? And I was like, well, that's what she said. Because I couldn't let that go, right? Couldn't let that go. So I thought to myself, well, I, I didn't really thought of that. So now I'm now I'm sitting there in the middle of traffic with this gear shift trying to, like, jam it back into the bell housing of the transmission. Right. And I finally get it to go, and I feel the click. I'm like, oh, oh, it's in gear. It's in gear. So I'm pushing down now on the knob, so to speak, mm-hmm. on, on the, into the gear shift. And, and, and I, I start the truck back up, which, by the way, it has a foot starter. So it's an old truck. So you put oh the key God. into the start position. Then you put your foot on a pedal, and it starts the truck. The struggle is real. <laughs> The struggle is it was, real. It was not. Uh, it was not. Uh, it was not fun. No. And don't push down the knob too hard. You can snap the rod. Yeah, I didn't and, want to snap the rod. Yeah, yeah. you can break something. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. So I was grinding my gears. <laughs> How many other references can we make? But I almost died this weekend. So I'd like to thank my friend Laura for almost killing me. Hey, this is Maria, and it's time for a time out for Spanish, okay? As a public service, and in order to recognize the cultural diversity for which Arizona is known, Mark and Neanderthal are taking time out for Spanish. On the phone with us, we have Laura from Phoenix who's going to play. And Laura, this is for a Port of Subs gift card, so the stakes are high, my friend. We're going to give you a Spanish-language phrase, and then you'll translate it using three English-language choices. Is this uh, something you can handle? Oh, I think so. All right. Well, here comes your Spanish phrase. Si los gatos pudieran enviarte un mensaje de texto, no. Did you hear that? I did. All right. I'll give it to you again just to make sure. Si los gatos pudieran enviarte un mensaje de texto, no. All right. Does that phrase translate into A, what the hell are birds so excited about at 5 a.m.? Yeah. <laughs> B, they call it a selfie because narcissistic is too hard to spell. <laughs> Or C, if cats could text you back, they wouldn't. <laughs> Which one is it? I, be- I believe it's C, senor. It is yes. C. Congratulations. C for cats. <laughs> yeah, you have won in Time Out for Spanish. A fantastic performance on your part. Welcome to it. Thank you. Thank you. And if dogs could text you back, they'd never stop. Time Out for Spanish. Weekday mornings with Mark and Neanderthal.
pick up with this guy again. We've just been arguing off off the air, <laughs> I, I, a little bit of an argument, but discussing uh, with a guy who's upset with us because he, he thinks we haven't spent enough time talking about Neil Peart and Rush. Wow. And, you know. Okay. Listen, dude, we, I hate to disagree with you, especially on a sensitive topic, but we gave the news Friday. We played tons of Rush on Friday. Yeah. Uh, tons of Rush blocks over the weekend. It was a block party weekend. We talked. I mean, we played like eight or nine Rush songs yesterday morning. And alone. stuff and stuff that we never play. And and also talked all morning about Neil Peart passing away and the band Rush. And if it were up to me, I'd do it for five days in a row. But you know, for mass appeal, you, you got to taper off. Yeah, a little at bit. some point you got to let it go, right? Taper off. I a would little think bit. you got to let it go a little bit. Talking just radio. When you have David Bowie who sold probably about a hundred million albums, you have Tom Petty who sold about twenty. You have wow. Russ selling somewhere around thirty million plus books and all the other endeavors that they have. But yeah, you can go five stations anywhere up the dial, and you'll find Tom Petty who's on a heavier rotation now probably than when he was alive. What? And yet you don't hear people who are definitely staples to a subculture like David Bowie or Rush. And here's why that happened. Because Tom Petty and David Bowie appealed to more than just rock fans. Have you read all the people who responded to the, the passing of Neil? Everything from Chuck D from Public Enemy to... We had David Ellison from Megadeth on yesterday to tell his stories about it as well. It's, it's not about disrespecting Neil. He was great. He was a legend. We gave him tons of attention. We're still giving him tons of attention. But where no radio station in America is going to sacrifice their entire program for Rush. That didn't happen, and it won't happen. Uh, and that's where the shame lies, hence my phone call, because here's a person who has. And that's, that's fine fair, that you feel that way. Yeah, but. But not yeah. everybody is a Rush fan. Oh, bite your tongue. <laughs> they just haven't heard the right kind of Rush. Well, I mean, I mean you're, <laughs> no, talking to, you're talking to guys who are Rush fans, yeah. but, but even we recognize that it's an acquired taste and it only goes so far. Oh, I'll give you that. My wife's not a fan, although she's married to an excessive one. Right, exactly. Maybe you're really just angry at your wife. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just Maybe. angry at the fact that we've lost a giant that nobody even knew was even in the situation that he is. So it's harder for a fan to, to let go when, you know, we all kind of were happy to let them retire, giving them the life that they've earned. Yeah. And to not actually realize that is painful to uh, us, yeah, right? Uh, yes. I'll tell you what. Hang on again, buddy, because it's... Um, yeah, it, it's interesting stuff. Listen, uh, nobody likes Rush more than I do. Well, there are some, but I like him way more than David Bowie. But and and you won't hear Rush on other stations because that is the the domain of ours. Right, they, they're yeah, a classic yeah. rock band, yeah, and nobody else is going to play them. So that's you know, and, and, Tom and, Petty, and, David Bowie, they crossed over to different formats. And, and I so. hate to be the guy to say this, but I'll be the guy to say it. And you can you can direct all your hate to Neanderthal at KSLX.com. Rush simply aren't that big in the overall scheme across across mass appeal. Well, they, they just aren't. Yeah. They're big to, in this they're format. Big, they're absolutely, big. they're huge. Yeah, they're big to rock fans, but that's it. I mean, and they're not even that big to the majority of rock fans. Well, Rush is an acquired taste within the right. rock fan community. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. imagine when we lose a Stone. I, I don't even want to think about exactly. that right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Listen to Mark and Neanderthal when you get to work with the free KSLX app. Sounds good and loud. Huh? 100.7 KSLX. Dramatic pause. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Dramatic pause is a go-to for podcasters, presidents, and radio voiceovers. 
It makes you look really smart, even if you're not. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it, if you have the right tools, and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.